Also, this podcast is sponsored by FNXFit.com. This website has protein shakes, powders, testosterone boosters, gummies, shirts, pretty much anything all about being healthy. Also, by the way, guys, you guys will get 10% off any order that you purchase with my discount code TJGleesack25. That's right, 10% off. And trust me, like 10% off will really help you guys out in the long run. Also, guys, if you don't like any of our products, well, we'll give you a refund with all your money back. So don't worry about that. You know, your money will be back. We'll get back to you once you meet your purchase. So go to FNXFit.com. That is FNXFIT.com. It will direct you to this, you know, awesome looking page. It's really just about staying healthy. And I know a lot of people want to stay healthy, especially during this time with the whole coronavirus out. So go to fnxfit.com, use my discount code TJGleesack25, and you'll get 10% off of any order. And if you guys want to get refunded, well, you'll get your money back. So uh, that's it. So let's go. Poppin' TV. how is everyone doing today on this beautiful Thursday afternoon? What's poppin'? Welcome to the TJTV Podcast. How is everyone doing today, guys? So, today on the podcast, we had Ariel and Sam Frank. And Sam Frank is a TikTok star, and Ariel is starting her own, well, they actually did start their own clothing uh, business called Dirty Denim. I believe that's how it's pronounced. I'm still a little shaky with the pronunciation. But anyways, guys, they came on the show. They talked about pretty much their clothing line that they just started. Ariel talked about her time working three jobs in New York, about the famous people that she met. Sam talked about her TikTok career, and she gave a little insider on her ex-boyfriend, but her best friend, Jack Daugherty, which is one of my favorite YouTubers that I explained to her in the podcast. But anyways, it was a good podcast. They came on, they came on, it was about a 45 minute conversation, but it was very, it was a very good energetic episode. And I'm, I'm liking these energetic episodes because it brings more energy to my audience and to me, and it just makes a good podcast for a lot of people. But anyways, guys, if you are new, make sure you like and subscribe on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor.fm, TJ's Vlogs on YouTube, Gleason Photography and Videography on Facebook, where I post all my other vlogs and creative series, and TJ TV on Facebook as well, where you can see every episode from episode 1 to episode 149, 150, and Spotify, you know, episodes 150 to what we're doing now is all on Spotify. But in any event, uh, tomorrow we are doing a retrospective series. It's all done and edited. We have a retrospective series called the Dave Richardson retrospective. So it's just clips that, you know, Dave has done with us before. So that's going to be on my YouTube channel, TJ's vlogs. So that's going to, that's going to be that. And, um, also, We'll be back again Monday for another interview. And that's really it, guys. So let's get this interview started, and we'll we'll be back in just a few seconds. All right, guys, welcome to the podcast. I'm here with Ariel and Sam Frank. How are you guys doing today? We're good. I'm good. to be here. Me too. So you guys are – you're from Nashville. Well, you guys are both from New York originally, but – Ariel's in Nashville, Sam's in New York. Yeah. And yes. 
So it's kind of like going to be kind of weird. I don't know. It's been a while since I did an interview, like a two uh, two way interview. I guess you know what I mean with two other people. Yeah, we're we're gonna try to not like talk on top of each other. <laughs> and that's the worst thing in my family. I'll tell you, like my whole family, we all talk over each other. So it's like one of the worst things ever. I hate. I feel this. like when me and Samantha are in person, we like flow really well together. <laughs> you know, like we can kind of pick up and like pick up each other's sentences where we left off and all of that. We can kind of read each other's minds like that. That's sister telepathy. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we're going to start with all our questions that I have for you guys. Amazing. So I did read that on your Instagram post, you and Sam were never really close. And I know you guys have like nine years to age difference. You're 26, I believe, right? I am. And she's 17. Yes. So why did you guys, why were you guys like never close? Was it a sibling rivalry or was it just like, you know, never really close? when you're growing up because I mean think about it when you're really like making new friends and all of that you you really get along because you're into the same things you do the same things together but when I was 15 she was only six in kindergarten so there's not really much to bond over with a like a six-year-old when you're 15 and I think that I definitely had more of a like I'm the cool big sister complex um so I very much was uh you know, I think I just kept my arms like because I was like older and I didn't have time to like hang out with little kids. But definitely as we got older and we got to be able to have conversations and I got to actually know her as a person and not just like my little sis is when we got to like get closer. What about you, Sam? How did you, uh, how do you feel about that? Honestly, it was like kind of more like I hung out with my friends, not like my sisters growing up. But as I got older, like, it was easier to have conversations with them because we had more in common as I grew up. Like, I could relate to them way more. But... And also, like, you were, like, following around. Like, that was the whole thing, too. Like, I was always in theater, and I did, like, uh, I did shows, and I acted and danced and all of that. And so Sam used to always, like, come visit me when I was in rehearsal and, like, follow me around the theater and stuff. <laughs> and that's, like, a really big part of our, our relationship, too, was it was – we always had a really good, like, little sister, big sister kind of bond. Even when we weren't friends, we still definitely had that, like, love for each other. No, I understand that. So, like, my fiancé or wife, perhaps, her brother – her and her brother are eight years apart. My sister is four years older than me, and my half sister is eleven years older than me. So, like, it was kind of hard to deal, like, to cope with. I mean, kind of hard to like become friends with someone who was older, much older than you, especially. Yeah, especially like, you don't want to bond, you know? Like, it really does come down to like I know that Sam looked up to me growing up, so it really was my responsibility to say I want to connect with you and I want to be your friend and I want this to be more than a like I'm just your older sister kind of thing. Yeah, no, I understand that completely. Yeah, and especially because we technically are half-siblings, so we have different moms. Um, but I, we never, I feel like I didn't think about that a lot growing up, because even when I first moved in with her and my dad, uh, he never let us say half-sister. He was like, no, that's your sister, we don't use that, because he didn't ever want us to feel like they're what we weren't totally sisters. And I definitely don't feel like that, like she's any, you know less than my full sister that I love her any less just because we don't have the same mom. No, I understand that. Like with my sister who's 11 years older than me, my half sister, I was never told she was my half sister till way in when I was like at least 11 or 10 or 11. That's shit. So like, I didn't know anything about that. And then when I found out my sister had a different dad, it was just like, Oh wow. Like how did that happen? Yeah, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's kind of funny. <laughs> So what about dirty, is it called dirty dim or dirty, dirty, dirty dim? Denim. Dirty dim. Okay. I could have, yeah, I was trying to pronounce that. So does that have a meaning to it or? So it's funny because dirty denim, the like idea for this brand was born about three years ago. Um, I was really looking for different ways to use my lettering skills because I am a hand letterer and a calligrapher. And I really wanted to incorporate that into something else. And I had this whole idea for hand lettering and painting jean jackets. And it was really specifically for denim products. 
Um, and it really had to do with the fact that it's actually a lot easier to paint on denim just because of the material. It doesn't move around and all of that. And it really combined my love for lettering and painting and my love for fashion. And the name kind of just like came with me writing down a million different words on a piece of paper, trying to kind of get out the, the vibe I was looking for and, you know, really like theme. And I honestly wrote a bunch of stuff on and I love a good alliteration. So I'm always looking for like dirty denim. It just hits right because of the knees next to each other. Uh, and yeah, it kind of just came out of that and, I started making these hand-painted denim jackets back in 2017, and it was very much in my, like, little circle. It was something that I did for fun, something I loved to do, and I really wanted people to be able to see my hand lettering out in the world, so then they could inquire about my other products, and I ended up closing shop simply because I was doing too much, and when me and Sam got together a couple weeks ago, which we'll tell you about in a little bit, um, it really just happened, you know, it, it, we started making these vintage clothes for ourselves, we were reworking them, sewing them, painting them, bleaching them, doing all this fun stuff, and we kind of just looked at each other and was like, we should share this with others, right. like, this should be something that other people are a part of, Right. Like, this is so cool, <laughs> uh, and yeah, when we decided that we wanted to do a brand, I was like, wow, this actually fits with everything that I was doing three years ago. It's kind of come full circle. No, I get that completely. How like how long does it take to make all the, to make that, to make your clothing line? Uh, I mean, well, yeah, same go. It kind of depends on, like, the piece. So if we were to make regular sweatshirt into something completely custom with a zipper, like, cropped, rhinestones, like, everything, patches, like, we'd probably be on the upward scale of, of like, the prices, but right. more simple things that we try to make, we try to make cheaper so that everyone can afford them, because I want all my viewers and, like, um, people a part of my family, like, my followers or whatever, I want them to be able to buy everything, because I know some people just don't have the money for it. So some of these pieces that she's talking about, the fully customizable ones, they take days. So we have a piece that we're collaborating on right now, this really awesome uh, pair of jeans that was bleached, dyed, painted on. Sam's going to work on the rhinestones for it. We're completely blinging it out. And this piece is probably going to take a total of, I mean, 20 to 30 hours. It takes a long time for some of these. But then we have the more simple tank tops that are this the process is a lot more simple because we're really just cutting and tie-dyeing it. And when you tie-dye, you can do a bunch of them at the same time. So those take a little bit less. So it really depends on like how much we want to do the work on it. And again, making sure that we have pieces available at a lower cost and pieces that are really meant for someone that wants a, that custom piece that speaks individually to them. Okay. But it doesn't matter on the time to me. Like, I love doing this stuff anyways. So, I, like, since I enjoy doing it, like, I forget about how much time it takes, honestly. Like, me and Ariel will be working. I'll be like, we just worked for four hours? What? Yeah. <laughs> four hours? I just did, like, I just fully customized the piece. And I'm, like, just trying to make it the best I can to, like, my liking or whatever my friends want to customize. Like, we were doing pre-orders for my friends and they got to customize their pieces first and they loved it honestly it was just like fun for me to do because my friend just wanted to facetime me and like show me the clothes and everything yeah, and i love watching her get lost in the work too because you know it's really cool to be able to get into that vortex and it's something that a lot of people can't access you know like people call it in the creative world be like sense in your flow right and so hard for so many people to get that and to be able to like work in the same room and really see that we both get so lost in the process is such a fun experience for us. And it shows that you guys have a good work ethic because there are a lot of kids that are like, you know, our age, your mine and her age that don't have the work ethic that we have. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's all know if we even see it is that we just know when we want something done we're the kind of people that get so lost in the how-to we just start acting you know we want something done and we're just gonna go and do it we don't even think about how long it's gonna take or like the work and dread don't really care it's just more like the goal and like the mindset that we have that just gets us there yeah 
I got got you guys completely. So you, I believe you already answered this, but you tried to start a clothing uh, brand before, right? Yeah, I mean, I launched Dirty Denim about so again, like three years ago. But I think that I the mindset again was very different than what we're doing now. Right now, when we we definitely are launching this as a clothing brand, and I think a couple of years ago, I didn't think of it on that kind of scale. Um, especially because I didn't have that kind of audience that Sam has, you know, it was very much in like my New York circle. I was working in restaurants, so I definitely had a close knit group of people, but I wasn't very much into using social media or anything like that. So I didn't dream that it could be anything like a clothing brand that people knew because it was just something so close to my group. Uh, so I don't know if I necessarily would say that I had launched it before because it was such a different idea, especially having Sam on the team during this and having her be a part of the launch. I think that it's come to be a very different kind of message than what I was working on before. Okay, I, I get you completely. Yeah. I, I also I also saw that you worked three. Well, you moved from your Long Island home, and you worked. You moved to Manhattan, I believe, which is the most expensive city in the whole entire world next to LA. You worked three jobs and then you moved to Nashville, which I believe Nashville is, I want to say cheaper because I think everything down South is cheaper. cheaper. Yeah. Yeah. So I moved to Manhattan to go to Pace University. And when I was there, I got into their acting program. So I studied acting uh, and then I ended up changing my majors a couple times. Uh, and I did, some technical theater, so I actually studied costume design, which gives me the background to be able to create the clothes that I do now. Uh, I did some set design, and I then eventually ended up switching to studying fine arts and international business. And that's what so, your major yeah. <laughs> So that's really why I ended up going to Manhattan, but I also kind of knew since I was really little that my dream uh, when I was younger was to be on Broadway and to be a star and... All of that, so that was really the main motivator of going there, and I was really just willing to do whatever it takes, because we don't come from money. Uh, I didn't have any financial support when I moved out. Like, when I moved out, that was it. I was on my own. And I knew in order to live there, I was going to have to be able to make a living for myself, so I kind of, again, it's that goal, you know? We, I knew what I wanted, and I was willing to do anything to get there, and I lived in New York for seven years before I moved to Nashville and when I ended up doing that it was it was really to take a breather because New York is so go 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 it's just all about the hustle and the grind and I couldn't do it anymore I was just so exhausted and needed to be somewhere with some fresh air and some treats <laughs> well I, I understand where that comes from so working three jobs though in Manhattan that is a lot and going to school full-time so yeah. on most days about six days a week, I was working from five in the morning to two in the morning. I was getting an average of about two to three hours of sleep a night for two years in a row until I dropped out of college. I was like, this is not sustainable. Now, do you think college is actually worth it, though, to, just to go for it if you have a dream? <laughs> I have to tell you, I think that building a community of like-minded individuals is really important and I think that colleges provide that for a lot of people especially those that don't really know what they're doing and they want to be able to explore and learn from people with experience they get to be hooked up with mentors and professors and colleagues that are a couple years older than them and have the job experience they're looking for and I think that for people that don't necessarily know the career path college is absolutely a way to be able to learn more and gain more information but for someone like me, it wasn't really necessary. I'm a very, um, I'm a self-intelligent person. Yeah. Who does I mean, not need college. <laughs> yeah, I learn very quickly, and when I want to learn something, I'm very resourceful in being able to look it up, find books. I'm not shy, as you can tell. So if I want to do something, I will find who's already done it and just send them a message, send them an email, find out what they did to get there. Because... There's nothing necessarily to be shy about because the people that are in that position that know those things, they want to teach you. They want to bring people up in that field that are passionate about what they do. Like, we're always so scared of talking to people that are, you know, famous or successful because we think that we're less than. But at the end of the day, we're all people. And I think college really gives you that first opportunity to see that successful people are actually just people 
and it kind of breaks you out of that comfort zone. But if you have that drive already and you know what you want to do and you're willing to just do whatever it takes to get there, there's a world of information on the internet for free. Right. I like, mean, I didn't have the financial means to graduate. It was just not in the books for me, you know? Well, that's the same thing. How I, that's how I felt. I went to college for four years at a community college. I worked two jobs at the time, went to college, and then I went to a university. And my first semester there, I was like, what am I doing? So yeah, I dropped out. I was getting more, I, I am more prepared for a job at 23 than anyone else my age because none of them had any real job experience. And I've been working since I was 12. Yeah, I saw that too. Uh, now, where did you work when you were 12, though? I was babysitting, tutoring. Like, I tutored, like, elementary school kids for 20 bucks an afternoon, and I had four students. So I was, like, racking in, like, a couple hundred bucks a week as a middle schooler. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. I just want, like, I didn't have, again, like, we didn't come from a family that had a lot, and when I wanted something, I wanted it, and I was willing to work for it. I was in the same boat. My mom worked two jobs when she was, when I, because I did karate as well when I was a kid. So I did it for 12 years. It was like 125 bucks and she couldn't support that and the family. So my mom worked two jobs. And, uh, we love a hardworking mama. Yeah. We do. They make the world go round. Yeah, they do. <laughs> um, yeah. Now, Sam, were you upset when she moved to Nashville or were you just like, ah, it's fine? I was very upset because I looked forward to coming to the city and seeing my sister and like that was like the most like family time like and like bonding time we spent together so like I kind of miss like having my tour guide like big sister like in the city but I always do FaceTime her whenever I need to get somewhere there's no <laughs> doubt in the world I will FaceTime my sister no matter what she's doing and ask her what what's the subway to get on like you know it makes me so happy when she facetimes me in the subway with like a huge group of friends and she's like okay i need to get here it looks like we're on the two or the three and how do i get here and i'll just like walk her through all of it and it, it lights up my whole heart she knows everything <laughs> she knows everything uh, see i feel like living in new york would just be kind of hectic for me i i don't know i don't like i couldn't do it I, it definitely takes a specific kind of person and I think a lot of people figure that out when they move there and have to leave after a year. <laughs> I mean, it took me seven years to be like, well, maybe this isn't the lifestyle that I thought I wanted. But isn't long, so where's Long Island compared to Manhattan? How far? 40 minute train ride. Yeah. Oh, so it's not that far. It's less than an hour. Oh, we, I mean, when I was growing up, I used to take the train in on the weekends all the time. Um, when I was really young, I took ballet classes in the city and I did modeling when I was younger. So all of my go were in the city. So I was very familiar. I've been familiar with like the subway system and all of that pretty much my whole life, even though I didn't live in the city until I was 18. Okay. But one of my jobs while I was working in the city was doing chalkboard art and I did it for a large company that had over 30 locations. So when they needed their chalkboards changed, it was for, I was working on over 20 locations. So I had to travel throughout the city, through the subway constantly. And that's really how like I learned all of that was just doing it. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah. So Sam, tell me about your career on TikTok. I know you grew massively. Did you always want to be a social media star? And were you surprised about how much you gained in such a fast pace? Honestly, like I used to like do musically and like I didn't get anywhere near successful on that because I was in like sixth grade. It was just kind of a joke to me and my friends. But as I got older, I was doing Instagram. Like I love taking pictures with my friends, getting ready and everything. And photo shoots are kind of also just everything that me and my friends do. But I was honestly so surprised when this <laughs> the video that I got famous from was my diss track on one of my exes, which was kind of funny to me and my friends, more like a joke. And when I ended up posting it, it got 3 million views with 600,000 likes. And I was honestly like mind blown. I was like, how does something like that go so famous? But it's more like the originality on the app. Like you need to be like unique, but also follow trends at the same time. So when you make something out of it on your own and create your own kind of content, it's honestly as well on the app 
So it's kind of like YouTube in the sense. It's just that it's more evolved, I guess, than YouTube. It's just like every app. Like it's like there's there's things that there's certain things that people like and want to follow and remake, and that's just and TikTok is just something different. Like each app has its own thing, you know. Yeah. Were you? What about you, Ariel? Were you surprised when she did that, and were you proud of her? Like that it just came so. I definitely so wasn't surprised because. I don't know, like, I'm not surprised because I believe in Samantha's talent and I always have, you know, like, I've seen, I've literally known her since birth, like, I know her and she belongs, like, she belongs in front of the camera, she, like, belongs, like, performing for people and doing this, like, it's something that comes so naturally to her, so I don't necessarily know if I was surprised as much as I was like, yeah, she did, you know, (laughs) Um, that's also, like, it comes from you guys, like, my older sisters, like, especially, because, like, we all, we all did theater growing up, we all, like, trained ourselves to be somewhat singers, and, like, kept that going throughout our lives, I stopped singing, like, um, in high school, because I focused more on sports, but cheerleading is also something very vocal of mine, like, I definitely scream and shout, so, so much spirit when I'm out there, so, it's all, like, it's all, like, performing, in a way. Yeah. And it definitely all came together. Like, when that went viral, I remember her sending it to me. Like, it was, like, as it grew. Like, I was, like, getting texts from her, like, throughout, like, the time that it was going viral. She's like, oh, my God, it has this many. It has this many. What's happening? And we were all just, like, pumping her up and just, like, yes, like, let's not stop. Let's I gained so much yeah. in a couple of days. It was, like, going from 25 to 50K, 75, 100, like, refreshing every hour, nonstop notifications. Yeah, it was wild. And it's really funny how the internet does that, too. And I, I've i never experienced anything like that firsthand, and I've always been so curious. So it's been a very different experience to be able to, like, see it with Sam and, yeah. like, watch how it's affecting all of the other aspects of her career, too. See, I did a, I do YouTube. I just make videos every now and then. I remember specifically, I did a video where my friend got kidnapped by, because I had a stalker a few years ago. What? Yeah, it was, it, it was really I bad. I watched someone on YouTube, Tana Mojo, who I actually have, I've met before at um, a convention called Playlist Live. Um, and honestly, it was one of the best experience of my life, but she also had a stalker, and I watched all of her videos on that crazy i did the i did the series called the stalker series so i had like an old youtube channel where i put all my old episodes of this on uh for the podcast or whatever so i did that and then some random dudes just started like you know trolling me this that and the third and he like found out where i actually live found out like all the stuff around me where i work like this is getting creepy so i did a video where my friend got kidnapped by the stalker so I remember I was in my mom's kitchen and I was pretending to be on the phone with 911 saying I want to report a missing person who's been missing for like seven hours. I had a fake cry and then I found like the next video was I found him and then the stalker's mask was just laying in the bushes somewhere. So my one friend got so pissed off, excuse me, got so mad at us, my uh, fiance and I, and uh, she was just like, why did you guys do that? She was like, I don't know if it was just for views. I was like, it was a series, uh, but it was, I made it a series because it actually happened, but yeah. without him getting kidnapped though, that was just something I wanted to add. Like a little parody. Yeah. And then I did. It honestly is like a, what could happen. I think it's definitely been eye opening as well with Samantha's growing fame and her, you know, her audience blowing up for sure. Um, has invited a lot of trolls and, you know, just really, like, bullying has been so prominent, and oh. I've never experienced a lot of that firsthand, and I think a lot of it is just because I don't put myself out there in the same way, and I don't have that kind of, like, I don't have a large audience, um, but the more that you grow and the more that people like you, there are also going to be people that don't like you. Yeah. That's just, that just is what it's going to be, but it is really crazy to be seeing people, like, make random accounts just like user 006, whatever, and just to write hate everywhere. Well, I, and I also saw, like, whenever uh, Sam goes live, I see people write hate comments to her. Like, today, yeah. for instance, I saw her go live, and I saw someone said S-U-L-T on uh, one of her, uh, you know, live Instagram videos. I was like... And people don't even know me like that. They're yeah. just fans. 
they are people who are bored and have like no reason to comment something. People who have such like deep insecurities that they feel the need to comment on me on my life and they don't even know me. They just want to try and hurt me through a screen, which is unreasonable and doesn't even work. Does it ever hurt you in like at all or no? Or do you just like go past it? Well, I honestly just move right past it. I know these people have like no lives whatsoever and they don't really. Like, they don't feel the need to be even be kind or be positive any kind of way. They just feel the need to hate on people for no reason. And I don't really support that. I don't really care. I don't really think it matters. It's just, like, random comments. And engaging with it is just, like, fueling the fire, you know? And if you ignore it, it's bound to go away. And I think it's just important to remember, you know, if you, it, just to anyone that's listening, if you are receiving hate or if you have ever, you know, it's, it's just... It's language and it's words, and at the end of the day, the most important thing is how you talk to yourself and how your loved ones talk to you, and I think that as long as you keep that clear, and again, like, you keep your goals in check and you keep your mindset in check, that's the only thing, you know, that really is going to affect you at the end of the day. Yeah, I understand that completely. I think with me, whenever someone, like, says hate about me on my, like, YouTube channel or podcast, I think I add the fuel to it, because, like, I'm I'm the go-getter, like, I don't want if you're going to argue with me or like start an argument, I'm going to go right back at it. And I have that problem. I always do. But it's just because I want to get the I guess I want to get more uh, engaged with it to see how far it can go. I can't do that because (laughs) I will go too far. I definitely don't shy away from confrontation. But I find that when people kind of confront you in a way that's just looking to tear you down there isn't any good that can evolve from this situation. And honestly, if it's not going to benefit anyone, then it's not really worth the energy. Someone told me they were suing me once. And I told them I was going to counter sue them. Yeah. Like, great. I'll see it in the mail and then you'll get a counter suit back. Like, thanks so much for playing. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's just, I don't know, just some of the things that we go through it's just with the internet. It's, it's scary, but it's good at the same time. I mean, also, honestly, if the worst thing that can from being yourself and putting yourself out there is somebody random sending you a message about yourself when they don't even know you like in the grand scheme of things it's not a big deal guys yeah. it's just not oh yeah happen. definitely all right so we're going to be uh taking a little break of running a little low on time and we'll just start this right back up all right guys we are back with the podcast just from that little break so to get back on topic from what we were talking about, when did you guys decide that you wanted to start this business together? Because now it's like a family-owned business from what I see on Instagram and whatnot. So when when was this all worked out? Well, Sam, do you want to talk about coming to Nashville? Where'd she go? I'm not sure. Okay. So <laughs> a couple weeks ago, we planned a trip for Sam and our other sister, Marissa, to come down and visit me here in Nashville because it had been, I think February was the last time I had seen Sam because I was up there seeing some clients in New York City um, because I still do some hand lettering and menu designs for restaurants and salons and all of that. So I went to go see some clients and decided, you know, obviously I'm going to have some sister time while I'm home. And I, you know, I was in February and then we all went on lockdown less than a month later in March. And I think it was... In May, but it was a little over, like, about two months ago, it kind of just hit me that I was like, I don't know when the next time I'm going to be able to see Sam is. And it really, it really, really just, like, I got really upset about it. And I got really emotional. Just, you know, she's my baby. She's my little sis. And me and my sister, Marissa, was living with me at the time. Uh, That's a whole different thing. But she was like, you should invite her here. And I called Sam and was like, we need to plan a trip. Like, you need to come here. I need to see your face. Like, let's have a little vacation. Like, come stay with me in Nashville. So we worked out the details, and she ended up flying down here. I think this was, like, about three weeks ago now, maybe four. Um, So it's just so new. And we actually decided that we were going to – we were coming up with things to do because nothing's open yet. Right. And we were like, what are we going to do? And I had seen my aunt recently who gifted me this gorgeous sewing machine. And I was so psyched. I was like, I'm going to make all the clothes and we're going to do all this fun stuff. And she was like, yeah, I would love to like go thrifting. And I was like, absolutely. Like, 
thrift shops are open here now. Like we can go in and you know, like a couple people at a time, of course, wearing our masks, being safe. And we went thrifting, brought a bunch of clothes back. We went to Michael's and got a bunch of crafting things. And we just spent, like, days making clothes. We would stay up till, like, 2 in the morning and not even realize it. And we were doing it for fun. And, you know, Sam is always engaging with her audience and sharing. So she was just sharing some of these clothes we were making for fun. And when we saw how, like, great the response was, she said, we should share this with people. And we kind of just looked at each other and it all clicked like it wasn't even that it was like a long time in the making it was i have this dream you have this dream we obviously work at this really well together why not yeah and it just it felt like all the pieces kind of fell into place you know like it it felt just like everything was aligned and you know you it's funny because sam actually sent me a quote this morning honestly if i can find it um really quick it was an elon musk quote that says uh stop being patient and start asking yourself how do i accomplish my 10-year plan in six months you'll probably fail but you'll be a lot further along than the person who simply accepted that it was going to take 10 years and i think that quote really ties in perfectly to what happened with us which was that we sat there and said man wouldn't it be awesome to have a clothing brand what if we could share this with bunch of people what if other people were wearing our clothes and we just kind of started dreaming and and talking about it i realized i have a domain i have this idea that's been sitting in me for years that i've never really had the time or energy to catapult the way i wanted to let's just do it right why not and you just did it from there yeah we just took it from there and you know i've been I've been building websites, um, working in operations management. I've run restaurants before. I've run bakeries. I've worked a lot in building businesses. Um, so when we decided we were going to do this, I think I banged out the website in less than a week and did all of like our beginning social media work. Sam started posting about it and getting us followers. We were just on it. We just decided this is what we're going to do and we're going to get it done. And it dropped last week, right? It dropped last week. Yeah, we've got about 20 pieces live now. So every one of our pieces of clothes are one of a kind. Every single one is handpicked from either one of us or both of us. Uh, and we, you know, we talk about what we want it to look like. We've been taking some pieces and making them really simple, just like cropping it or kind of taking it in just to make it a little more modern. Because I think that's such a big thing, too, is, you know, from two sides of it, we, we obviously wanted to just find something cheap and, like, make it, make it our own and all of that. But after, you know, really talking, we realized this is the reason why we wanted to make a clothing line like this, like something that was one of a kind and reworked and not just, I'm going to make one design and hire somebody in China to make me 10000 was because we really, we believe in the power of the individual and we believe in, you know, being unique and that that has so much power. But also... I don't want to start a clothing line and be another, I really just believe so much in sustainability and it hurts me to like walk into places like Goodwill and see hundreds, if not thousands of clothes on the rack that people were going to really just throw away. Yeah. And you scroll through these racks of clothes that are, I see just so much potential. Exactly. We see them like as canvases, you know, they just, we like someone else could look at it as ugly and we're like, but this has a whole nother life in front of it. You know, the fabrics that we are creating or that have been created over the past, you know, decades, multiple decades, are ending up in garbage, they're ending up as waste, and, you know, it's... Yeah, let's just just say, like, we walk into Goodwill, like, this is our exact process, we walk in, we walk through all the aisles, and, like, we're picking things, like, Ariella, I think this would be a cute crop, like... Oh my gosh, I could definitely add like a zipper to this one or I see a sweatshirt, I just picture exactly like how I would redesign it or rework it because like that's just kinda how my how my mind works. It's like very imaginative, like creative. I just see something I know like what I could do to make it better. And I think we work so well together because she'll start these ideas and I'll be like, Ooh, I get it and then I can kind of start to implement a piece. Like we definitely are it's, it's really amazing to see how our dependent lines. Yeah, and our skills really come together. Like, she's really great at being seeing a piece and saying, ooh, we should do X, Y, Z. And then I actually have the sewing 
skills to implement it, and then she takes it even a step further and gets to add chains and and bling and paint and lettering, and it's so cool to be able to kind of pass it back and forth and be able to make this piece like a piece of art almost, and it's always like a collaboration, and it's been really really cool to see that. Oh no, that's awesome though. Yeah, I mean, that was, I don't even know where this original question was, but we kind of went on a tangent there. <laughs> well, that's that's the theme I like to, uh, you know, go with the podcast. Like, usually, like, I'll send I'll send someone who I'm interviewing, like, questions, but then we'll, like, answer questions with questions, and that's how, that's the theme that I like, that I like to yeah. have. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been really, it's been really cool to be able to, like, it's interesting because as much as it's definitely a clothing brand, it also is kind of like thrift store but on crack <laughs> you know because i love that term because me and my friends always use that that's where i got it from <laughs> <laughs> i hear her using it with her friends all the time uh it's, it's hard to like explain like parties so <laughs> yeah yeah there's always uh, there's always different terms that like kids her age have like you know it's like a lingo kind of thing. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it. Like back when I was in school, ratchet was a uh, was one of the terms that we used, and uh, dusty was another term that like a lot of girls used. In my, it was really weird, you know. Yeah, you know, I was writing some of the copy for our website, and I literally had to Google teenage slang. Like, I'm why? <laughs> why, Ariel? <laughs> That's how I feel. I'm, I'm 25, and I don't even know any of the slang anymore. Yeah. I mean, definitely getting to – I'm, I'm excited for the fact that starting this clothing brand with Sam really is bringing us together in such a really wonderful way. And I think that it's great that we're coming together specifically for a business because I'm such a believer that business – like, starting your own business is basically, like, self-development – times a thousand like if you aren't comfortable with who you are and what you want to do and what you want out of life you can't really run a business in my opinion because all your insecurities are going to come out and being able to have somebody else on the team with me and hold me accountable and like the fact that we can pump each other up is such a huge wonderful component to our work as well i understand that completely like so right now my fiance and i we built a fish tank stand because she's really into fish like saltwater. We built a saltwater tank from the beginning to right now. And when we first built the stand, it was a hard process because we like, you know, had like a few like fails, but then we just like built the whole thing. And now we're actually going to do like frag rocks and stuff. And she wants to make it her own business, just building it and selling uh, corals and stuff. Cause they go for at least three grand. I love that. That's great. I think that, Anyone who has a unique skill and can make something should try to sell it. Yeah, definitely. Why not? Like, we all, it's funny because I think until you really get into the process yourself and you really, like, try, starting a business seems like such a big, scary thing. You know, like, people are like, oh, I don't, I'm not business savvy and I'm not good with money. And, like, people come up with all these excuses as to why they can't. But at the end of the day, all a business is, is serving others. It's just an exchange of energy, an exchange of products, an exchange of services. And it really is what, you know, it's what brings a lot of people together. And I think that's why when we started creating these these pieces, these clo- this piece of clothing, and she started sharing them and we heard such feedback, I was like, it would literally be a disservice to not publish this to the world and to not invite others to be a part of this. No, I get that completely. So starting a business is just something I've wanted to do recently. Like I've been trying, I'm, I'm a junior going into senior year now in high school. I'm 17 years old. Owning a business is not something I can legally do, but with the help of my 26 year old sister, I can obviously get a start earlier on. And that's something I want to definitely complete and like grow on. Like it, um, if you will, like excel business because I just want to start a business as I'm younger. That's something I would love to say when I'm older. Like I started a clothing business when I was 17 and I would love to say that it's very successful by the time I'm like 25 or even like earlier on. That's just, that's a goal I would say now and definitely the kind of mindset I have, I can 
I could complete 100%. I know I can. I have, like, the strength and the mindset to do it. So I'm excited to see where it can go. I love this energy. (laughs) (laughs) But I didn't know you at 17 you couldn't run a bit. I guess because you have to be 18 or older, I would imagine. Yeah, you have to be an adult, technically. Uh, (laughs) I'm I'm putting air quotes because no one else can see the screen right now. Oh, yeah. Technically, to legally own a business, you do have to not have guardians. Well, I also believe it's the same thing with like YouTubers too, because like a lot of YouTubers are young and they're making money. So does the money go to their parents or does like, you know what I mean? Honestly, um, one of my best friends now and um, I don't know if you see any of the videos, but my, my favorite friend, YouTuber. Yeah, he, he's a successful YouTuber, 3 million subscribers. And he is such an amazing person. I love him to death. I've known him since kindergarten, like, so seeing him grow as a YouTuber and become successful is just an amazing thing, and it's also given me the determination because we hang out a lot, I see how busy he is, how amazing he can control and, like, manage his time, it's just, it's, like, kind of inspiring because I can see how much of an adult he is just as a 17-year-old and how he makes business moves with stocks and everything. He's just an intelligent kid. Yeah, and I think in terms of, like, the actual, like, finances behind all of that, technically, like, when you're a kid like that, it does... The parents have to get involved or your guardians have to get involved to some degree. But, like, to be honest, me and Samantha are not really in that world. Like, we haven't necessarily, like, seen what the, the move looks like in terms of, like, the behind-the-scenes finances. But, like, between the two of us, you know, we are working out all of that on our own. And we're I'm grateful that, like, me and her have the kind of relationship where we can we can talk about money and we can talk about like the growth of the business and the profitability and things like that and it's not a weird topic i think a lot of people get really uncomfortable talking about money a lot of people get really wary about it but you know when we talk about business and we talk about the future of it it's not emotional we and i think that also her being exposed to other kids honestly who are taking their creative ventures seriously is allowing her the mindset to move forward with something like this with a business mindset. And it's, it's going to be such a strength moving forward, you know, just being surrounded by those type of people are the type of things that allow you to grow. And that's why like eventually like um, our move to LA would be just be just the best all around situation for us. Because that is somewhere where I can grow individually, Ariel can grow, our sister Marissa, my my parents. Like, there's just so much room for growth for us there, and I'm just so excited for that move. I think it's just going to be the most amazing, like, life-changing thing for us. When do you yeah. guys plan to do that? Well, I'm following your high school left. I do have a year of high school left. I'm trying to find a way for me to go there for my, my senior year because I think an earlier start is even better. Like, I'm always about, like, the jump start, like, going now. Like, I'm so ready to just, like, move on with my life and, like, you're not gonna do chill, like, bro. You're not going to do what Jack does, just do a prank to your parents where you quit school, right? <laughs> yeah, no, definitely not. But Jack's not even going to college. He, he's, um, he doesn't need to. He's already so intelligent. He's above that. He's already growing by himself, making his own business moves. But... Um, I'm trying to go to college for at least two years just, just to get the um, educational background. I think that could be something I would definitely use in the future. Um, the degree it gives you, like, it's definitely something that certifies certifies you to be, be somewhat professional. And I already, I just like how that sounds, you know? Yeah. Professional is something um, I just like, I'm very, like, you know, about, like, I like, I like, um, being prepared and everything like that. Well, that's always a good thing, being prepared, because you never know what life's going to throw at you. Yeah. And it's funny, and it's also about how people, people see you and, like, how you present yourself is very important. Absolutely. Uh, it's funny, even when I first moved to New York, that was one of my first things was making sure I had the wardrobe that I wanted, because I knew that more than anything, if I was going to walk into a restaurant not have a job, have very little experience, I needed to look the part. And it's so funny, like, that really is such a part of, like, everything. Like, if you, like, dress the part, act the part, you're going to become the part. Right. And kind of, like, manifesting 
manifesting everything. That's my favorite thing to do. Yes, we are manifestors. I love that. That's <laughs> <laughs> like surrounding yourself with the kinds of people that you want to be. Surround yourself with the environment that you want to be a part of. Everything else will fall into place. Right. And, 100%. And confidence is also a big thing, too. See, when I went to karate, I was not a confident kid. I was always afraid of everything. And I, re <laughs> I will never forget this. So I was afraid of my karate teacher. He was like, hey, uh, what's your name? And I, I don't know where he got Keith from out of TJ, but he would always call me Keith. And then my mom was like, why are you calling him Keith? And he was like, oh, that's his name. And she was like, no, that's not his name. And you like, never corrected him? No, I was afraid to, I guess. But like oh. after 12 years of doing it, I, you know, I grew as a person and then starting this kind of made me grow even better to, yeah. uh, and to enhance my confidence a lot more. Even, um, even in past episodes, when I've interviewed famous people, I interviewed somebody who was on MTV. He was on MTV's Jackass and Viva La Bam. He, Chris Rabb, I don't know if you, if you're in the same age group as me. Yeah. So I had him on my show and, you know, I was like, I was just confident. I was like, wow, I was like, this is a famous person. And I was like, I can't believe I'm like not stuttering, not like freaking out over it. Yeah. We're all just people at the end of the day, man. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And that's what a lot of people like tend to like not understand, especially having a fan base and everything. Like, like, they don't just understand, like, you're just a regular person, too, just a regular teenager trying to live your life like everyone else, and, like, they think, like, fame will get to your head. Some, to some people, it, it really does. People with 200,000 followers really think that, that they're on top of everyone else. Like, I, I try to stay away from that. Like, I, I'm very, I, I would like to think I'm very humble with whatever I have, and I like to just be positive about it all the time like thankful for just whatever i have whatever i've been given yeah definitely i mean i don't know i mean i wasn't really i guess my confidence kind of came out when i started talking to you guys because like when before the interview started whenever i meet new people i always have this thing where i'm just like all right i hope it's perfect i hope this is perfect and i hope i don't do this hope i don't do that and she was like what are you talking to yourself for i was like well i'm a little <laughs> nervous like you know it's so funny. I, uh, I mean, for the past, oh God, six years now, I've been bartending. And I've been working in restaurants since I was like 15. And you talk to hundreds, if not thousands of people a day when you're bartending in the financial district in New York City. And so for me, I think talking to new people is just very, very natural to me at this point. I can freaking talk to a wall. <laughs> Have you ever met any famous people? A ton. I've served a bunch of things. Oh my goodness. Think of any YouTuber. Not really. I'm like a TikToker. The most famous person I ever served was Beyonce. Really? And it was probably the highlight of my life. She's super nice. It was really, I mean, it really just felt like I was serving a normal table. Um, But yeah, I met her. I've served Jim Carrey before. He's a character. Um... Always trying to think now. Uh, I didn't serve him, but Kanye did come to one of the restaurants that I worked at once. That was a very, I was very starstruck by seeing him in person. For the younger audience, like I, I went to Playlist Live, and I'm sure anyone of my viewers that are listening to this, they know exactly what that is. It's a basically a convention, kind of like VidCon for YouTubers solely, but more like all social media, so Instagram, TikTok, like old finers, if you know about the MagCon tour group that used to go on, Cameron Dallas, like all of them, like I went to, I went to that event and I was um, brought in as a guest to a creator, so I had an access pass to everything and I was just in the lounge along with everyone who was basically like so famous and I honestly just, it was just like walking around a room full of people, it's not like that, like of course, it's, like, very, like, star-shocking if you see, like, your favorite YouTuber there, but you just have to walk right past them like a regular person. Like, you can't, like, fangirl right over them. When you're, you just have to be, like, very chill, calm, collected. It's not, like, they're, like, the world right in front of you, you know? Yeah, and I think it's so funny that you say that, too, because that exact attitude was how I was trained when I was working in restaurants. Because I worked at places that, like, Celebrities frequently went there. You right. know, it wasn't like weird for a famous person 
to show up. We always knew in advance. They called in advance. Um, and we were just to treat them like normal guests. Yeah, exactly. You know? And at the end of the day, they're another table. They, they're still paying my rent. So I have to treat them just like everybody else. And at the end of the day, you kind of realize we are just like everyone else. Everyone is the same. Yeah, no, definitely. I I served, well, I didn't serve. I was a valet driver, and I met Frankie Munez, the kid from Malcolm in the Middle. And oh, my gosh, Frankie Munez. It's a throwback. He's, he's very small. Like, he's a he really, really small. And, Tiny dude. <laughs> yeah. And I met Herschel from The Walking Dead. Mm. Honestly, like, I've worked as, like, um, like um, extras on a lot of things. Like, I tried acting, and I didn't really prefer to, like, I didn't really prefer it over a lot of other things, like just regular photo shoots with my friends. Like social media is just more like my thing and my go-to creativity—that's that's a word. Yeah. <laughs> my go-to content. My go-to content is my favorite thing to make. But when I was younger, I would do like a lot of extra backgrounds or like print things, like print ads, and it was like I would see a lot of big um, celebrities there, and it was honestly just. Uh, fun experience to see them in the works of their own environment and their own hobby. It was just cool to see like what they would do behind the scenes, and it gave me that um, outside knowledge of it. Definitely. Well, one more question before we uh, go. We have about seven minutes. Um, what are your goals for the next couple of years? Are you guys going to do fashion shows, or do you guys have like a Facebook page that you're going to promote this on besides Instagram, or? We would kind of like to keep it um, online, I guess, if you would say, not become a big, like, designer brand that does, like, fashion shows or anything, but definitely keep it more, like, print, if you will. I think that's a good way to keep it um, as our business, you know, like, I really want it to be, we definitely do want to maintain it as an e-commerce Um mostly and I think what we really see over the next couple of years is us growing on the customizable side of it all right now uh, we don't necessarily have the um, the capabilities to do what we would like to on the website uh, but right now you know we're just publishing a lot of like basic pieces and then a lot of stuff that we've reworked ourselves and put our own creativity into but we definitely I see this brand as something that's way bigger than just a clothing line um, Personally, I really want every venture that I start to give give more than it gets. Uh, so for me, it's really important that we keep education and creativity at the forefront. So I definitely see us moving forward, uh, you know, doing a lot of like tutorials and how to showing people the process and like letting people know that we're starting this and doing this because we love it and we want to share our works with people, but it doesn't mean that it's out of reach for everyone. Um, and that's something that's really important um, because I want to give people the power to be able to just create anything that they would like to. And that really is just my mission with every one of the brands that I start. And being able to do this specifically in the fashion industry is something that I feel very called to do. Um, I've like Samantha have also modeled and done like prints and ads and stuff like that. Uh, when I lived in New York, I did some fashion shows and I love fashion shows so much, but doing them for like New York fashion week or London or Paris fashion week is, it's a completely different thing. Um, like being in the fashion world and that whole behind the scenes isn't necessarily how I see us moving forward because I don't want us to put the power in the system. I want us to continue to keep the power within the individual and within the people. Um, so although I see the brand definitely growing in terms of like our team and all of that, I would love to see in the next couple of years for us to be hiring more artists and creatives so me and Samantha can take more of a step into the visioning and growing the brand itself and really just getting our mission in front of more people and then actually being able to partner people who want to order custom works with our designers and artists that can create pieces from vintage clothes that we find from all over the country and be able to remake them into a piece that really, really speaks to you. So I think that's what we're looking forward to in the future is just growing and getting this more, like getting more people to understand that we can do way more than we think we can. 
you know? Like, if you would have asked me two months ago if I started my own clothing brand, I would have laughed in your face. And now, <laughs> here we are, launched and in the world and already talking about things happening in a year, two years in the future. So, I mean, it all aligned pretty perfectly. And I think so long as, you know, we continue to keep the individual and uniqueness at the center and expression really is like the center of this, then I think that sky's the limit. Awesome. I like that. Well, all right. Well, thank you guys for coming on. Uh, coming on. Excuse me. Yeah. Thank you so much for having us. This is such a blast. No problem. And, uh, yeah, I had so much fun. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And I'll make like I'll text this to you guys once it's all edited out. It should be up by eight o'clock tonight, I would imagine. So. Oh wow! Amazing. Yeah, I'm very I'm quick with editing. Awesome. So. Great. We look forward to listening to it. Awesome. And sharing it. We have to thank you so much. You're, you're welcome. I'll share it on my uh, Instagram and all that as well. All right. Yes. Sounds great. Thank you, TJ. Thank you. See you guys. Bye. 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 All right, guys, that was the interview. I'm going to hit you guys back out with the outro, and then we will go from there. So let's go. All right, guys, that's going to wrap up today's podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. If you did, make sure you please like and subscribe on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor.fm, and TJ's Vlogs on YouTube, Gleason Photography Videography on Facebook, as well as TJ TV on Facebook. And... Don't forget, tomorrow we have a retrospective series premiering at 12 called the Dave Richardson Retrospective. That's going to be on my YouTube channel, TJ's Vlogs. You're going to see clips that uh, Dave has been on before. Also, you're going to see the full interview that me and him had a couple years ago. So stay tuned for that. Also, we're just going to you know, do our thing, guys. Anyways, we'll be back on Monday with another interview. I hope you guys enjoy that one as well. We're having a returning guest, Anthony V, who's been on the show before. He was actually my very first interviewer or interviewee, I should say, on the show. So hopefully you guys like that. All right, so that's going to wrap up today's show. Um, also, I want to post everything on my social so you guys can go like Sam, Frank, and Ariel on their Instagram. So hope you guys enjoyed it, and we'll be back on Monday. Make sure to check out the Dave Richardson retrospective tomorrow, and yeah, let's get it. Peace out. Happy 4th. Don't drink and drive.